Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Manaral. But before we get into it, you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. A bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Raw, the go-home ahead of the Royal Rumble, with an incredible moment on it. Yeah, uh, an okay Raw with the promo of the year and maybe the promo of the decade from a WWE point of view. Quite sublime uh, and... And it lived up to mm. expectations, and that's what I, that's the biggest compliment. I'm skipping to the promo. Like Raw was Raw. There was some good. There was some bad. There was some indifferent. Quite honestly, but this promo uh, had the weight, not just of the expectations of right now, of CM Punk just being back, of the Royal Rumble, of everything, but of this dream match that has existed since 2021, since Punk came back to wrestling, and that was the first point. Maybe other than a period in 2018 where you thought he might work all in because it was in Chicago. Other than that, since 2021. It's been, for me at least, it's been the dream match because of many of the things they said here and indeed just what these two figures represent. It was a, I was overstating comparing them to Rock and Hogan, but I do genuinely believe as figureheads for this generation of wrestling fans, it is these two. Uh, if you had the highest expectations, I still think they were exceeded. This was pro wrestling magic at a time of year in WWE where you stand the best chance of summoning it because the stakes are never higher than they are here. There was a promo a few years back, and think about how dreadful WWE was, but Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey knocked one out of the park the night after Becky Lynch won the Rumble because you just couldn't wait for the match. Mm. And then Vince went, rah, rah. but either way, you <laughs> couldn't wait for those two to interact yeah. because you realised that the market leader had the hot hand and they were heading towards this big show. This hand feels even hotter. This show feels even bigger, and the market leader is actually leading it. Like, perfect time, perfect moment, perfect everything. Can't wait to get to it so much so that I'm just talking about it now. Magic. Absolutely what you watch it for. One of those things you wish you'd kind of been in attendance for. No, ah. not really. Not really. I'm not spending 900 quid for that. <laughs> As I said on Twitter, I'm spending an exorbitant sum of money on a pay-per-view if, with them two headlining it. Jesus Christ. I, quite frankly and quite simply, one of the best wrestling segments I've seen in years and mm. years and years. Certainly the best WWE promo exchange I can remember. Pure magic. I think it was even better than a lot of people are suggesting online. I think it, I'm with Hamlet. It was better than I ever thought it could be, and I had high expectations for this. I thought it was so sophisticated. Mm. So unbelievable. Like, it, it was as sophisticated as it was electrifying. 
um, masterful. Like, I kind of throw enough adjectives at it. Looking forward to drilling into it. And that segment was there. There was one other decent one. And the rest was, there was some actively bad stuff on this Raw. Like, actively bad stuff on this Raw. Uh, thank God for the top-end programs. Let's dive straight into it then. This was uh, episode 1600 of Monday Night Raw. So we've had 600 three-hour episodes now. Oh, boy. Watched them all. <laughs> that's, that's nuts. Wow. Here you are, crazy. Uh, I do keep saying it. <laughs> 600. Yeah. God. Um, we see Punk and, and Cody showing up earlier on in the day, and then the show opens, as promised, with the World Heavyweight Champion. Seth Rollins comes out, big lime green suit, uh, with a knee brace over his injured leg, of course, or his injured knee. Gets a great reaction. Thank you, Seth Chance. Did he have any entrance music? Oh, he did, you know. It was an emotional time. Um, he uh, said he appreciated the reaction. Uh, talked about beating Jinder last week, um, but in the midst of the match, he felt his knee go in a direction it wasn't supposed to after hitting a springboard moonsault. Uh, and he realized when he went to the back after beating him uh, that he might be out for a long time. Uh, he said previously that he only gets stronger after every successful title defense. And then he was sitting there not being able to bend his knee and he felt like a liar. Um, and he felt like he might have to miss WrestleMania, and the crowd are obviously devastated by this. Uh, and he clarifies he's had a grade two tear of his MCL and a partially torn meniscus. Uh, the doctor said out to out for potentially three to four months with surgery. Um, look, if it were up to him, he'd still come out next week and stomp people's heads in, and it's not just up to him. Um, we uh, don't know what the future holds. He's going to take it day by day, week by week. But before he can conclude, he's interrupted by Imperium and Gunther, of course, um, and Rollins is like, here we go. Don't waste your time. If you're going to take me out, just get on with it. And Gunther's like, hey, don't worry. Um, let's concentrate on you. Uh, it feels like we've been avoiding each other for a while now. I want to tell you what I think of you. Don't be on edge, though. Um, you were placed in a tough spot being labeled a fighting champion from the get-go. Uh, you had to bring honor and dignity to the championship. Um, but he's a champion everyone could be proud of. Just like me, says Gunther. Um, but it pulled on his heartstrings to see Rollins like this. And it was a sad way to find out he's not going to make it to WrestleMania. And Rollins like, ah, you should let me finish. I said, I, He said, I don't give a damn about what does doctors told me or how hard I've got to rehab. I'm going to take the title into WrestleMania and I'll walk out as world heavyweight champion. Everyone cheers. Um, and Gunther's happy to hear this. He says, uh, I admire and respect you, Seth. I do the same thing. You kind of remind me of me. And on Sunday, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble and choose you, Seth Rollins. Get back to that in a second. Uh, I'll target your knee. I'll target your, target your back. I'll talk, target any part of you that isn't 100% so I can become champion. Uh, and Rollins warns Gunther, remember who you're coming after. And Gunther's like, remember who's coming after you. And they shake hands. Um, all seems like they're going to part ways amicably and in amongst all this. Uh, by the way, great to see Giovanni Vinci back after his uh, mm. uh, accident the other week. He's there. Ludwig Kaiser there at ringside. New Day jump them to set up their match next. And just before we move on to the next bit, 
It was also a graphic that did this. But Cole was like, Saturday, it's Saturday, Saturday. Don't forget, <laughs> he said Sunday, but he meant Saturday. The wrong okay, he made one slight mistake. Uh, but what did you make of this? Well, it's funny, he made that mistake, and you saw that little bug come up straight away, and you're like, it's that WWE uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, 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 yeah. they, they can't help themselves. I mean, they had to do it. Yeah, yes. they had to do it, but like this is that thing, you know, and it's like, I know Moxley did it once in AEW, but the vibe feels different when you do it in WWE. It's like Cardinal saying, don't get there. Any of these like big labely bits wrong, but you sense that at least Gunther won't backstage, won't go backstage and next week be booked as a character that doesn't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> yes. He's not going to like turn up to Raw uh, like a day late next week. <laughs> oh, bloody Gunther. It was know, a like, very good tweet of, uh, I think it's Drew in the War Games cage before they get like, like, out into the match where he's shaking the door. He's desperate to get out and people are like, Gunther showing up to the arena on Sunday for the run. <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? Like Vince would have actually booked that. Like Titus yeah. O'Neil falls over once. He's like the falling over guy. <laughs> that not a, you can't get in a ring. He's been wrestling for about yeah. 15 years. Uh, otherwise, I thought this was a really good bit mm. of business, you know. Um, Gunther coming out and calling his shot against Seth Rollins is yet another, and there's been a few of that, a few of those in this Rumble build, yet another um, impressive legitimizing of Seth's title, which Seth has done a good job of himself. Like, I'm not afraid to give Seth some praise for that. Force of will. Yeah, force of will. These things tend to just happen mm. in WWE long enough and with a few good matches and you'll get there. We say a lot about Seth on this podcast and I think a lot of fans like have a much lower ceiling for Seth Rollins than Seth himself. Fair enough. But when he spoke about potentially missing WrestleMania and being injured, the fans responded yeah. like in a very earnest, heartfelt like way like that showed that they do care. A lot of people care about Seth. It's weird. I think he is the best when he plays the most outlandish version of himself. But when he does have to do the reality bit, if it's actually real, fans care. He's been around long enough that people do actually care. Mm. And I thought that's what this promo needed. It's one thing for a wrestler. I always think of Triple H after the Brock Lesnar lost doing the tearful bit and the fans <laughs> not giving a toss. I mean, Just amazing. Didn't buy it one iota. Yeah. When Seth was potentially teasing the prospect not working mainly. The fans didn't want that. They were sad mm. for him, so this came across exactly as it should have. He did feel like a fighting babyface champion that wants to gut it through. And I didn't mind the ambiguity of the message. Said yesterday, like, wrestling is weird. You can turn potentially terrible negatives into big positives. And there is more drama and intrigue around this belt on the way to Mania, and indeed Seth as a babyface on the way to Mania, if he's hobbling out every week in a knee brace and the, I'm going to go, but you know I'm not 100%. That's told its own story before we've even got a winner of the Rumble or a potential challenger. I think this is the best of a potentially devastating situation they've made here. Yeah. Um, the ambiguity of the message was such that I still think it's very uncertain. Mm. And it could be the case that he's told that we can't do it. Um, because I, he's not that great an actor, Seth Rollins. <laughs> and yet he must have channeled what's still a lot of uncertainties like swirling through his mind when he went out there because he did wrong foot me. And I just thought when he first saw him tear up a bit, yeah. I thought, right, well, that's it. Mm. And then he did the whole, the wrestling swerve of call the ambulance, but not for me and all the rest yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. um, I still would, I mean, I don't know any internal reports. I don't have access to the medical records or out like that, but I would still put it as uncertain. Such was the ambiguity. So that's interesting, I think. It seems like it's a nice thing to do where they're kind of looking out for his welfare and seeing if he can do it because he deserves that main event and all the rest of it, while at the same time giving fans that, giving themselves that out and telling fans and being very truthful 
from day one of it might not happen. Mm. We're just going to have to play it by ear. So I thought it made for some dramatic TV. Gunther continues to absolutely nail being the top heel of the sports entertainment promotion. His facials are so great. That disingenuous, that aloof. He's fantastic. Uh, this is really, really strong. Yeah, just uh, I know he's already already alluded to winning the rumble, but just the uh, the merest glimpse that was really good as well. By the way, mm. yeah, I'm going to be looking out for Gunther, not necessarily thinking he's going to win, but more how do you get him out? He's in that tier with Drew, yeah. Where it's like, who eliminates him, and what does that lead to? Mm. Or how does he get eliminated? I'm fairly certain he will, but I don't know how or by whom yet. So there's Punk, Cody, which itself is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Drew Gunther underneath, where it's like, it's almost getting Brock, like... Pro- question mark. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like getting properly worked. Like, but he's massive, and he's been on TV saying it a lot. <laughs> How do you get him out of here? Worked is what it is, right? Because when you're a kid watching the Rumble, and you've heard enough promos where the guy says, I'm going to throw 29 bodies out the ring. Like, okay, so that's how this works. Anyone can win. And obviously then you kind of grow a bit older and your eyes are only ever on one or two people. It's usually one. Yeah, like yeah. like the camera will shoot to an elimination and if that's not the person you think is going to win or you're not that interested in what they're up to, you're peering to a different side of the ring to spot what so-and-so is doing. Your eyes are on multiple people this year. It's not, as you say, particularly about the result. It's about how they're going to fare yeah. and all these little individual pairings and the pair-offs that you might get in it as well. Gunther as well, calling a shot for WrestleMania and not even with the suggestion that he intends on losing the Intercontinental title, by the way. I'll just keep this one as well. I love that. Warrior it. So, yeah, so he's speaking with the confidence mm. of a guy that can just that can do both. Yeah, the merest glimpse, yeah, of him turning his attention, rather than people stepping up to challenge him, him going, I'm going after you, whoever the champion is. Awesome. By the way, just off, off topic here, did you see the thread on Twitter last night from uh, Ethan Morgan, which was a great thread of... What if the runner-up to each Royal Rumble had actually won it or had Ooh. got this title shot no, at WrestleMania? So it's like WrestleMania 17, Kane versus The Rock. Oh, <laughs> boy. 18? Uh, I can see your screen, so let him Kurt this Angle. Game. Kurt Angle versus Chris Jericho. Would have been better. Uh, 19? That Undertaker. Take. Take versus... Kurt Angle. I mean, Angle, Brock Wars, and great, but... Uh, 20? Skip, uh, skip. Uh, big show. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, mm. uh, general. 21 doesn't count because it happened anyway. Yeah. 22, Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle, sort of. Yeah, he got in, didn't he? Uh, 24. Oh, yeah, sorry. 23 would have been. Sure, Michaels was a runner yeah. up anyway. So, 24. Uh, wasn't it Cena and Triple H? Triple H got in the match regardless, didn't they? Triple H versus Randy Orton, yeah. Uh, 25 would have been Triple H versus Edge, because Edge wouldn't have... Never happened on the big stage, did it? No, they had a, well, I think it was like the Great American Bash. Something like that. Triple H, because it was Triple H that was like, hey, nice marriage, shame if somebody covertly films you kissing the wedding planner, which is me apparently now. Yes. <laughs> Who's also, I think, Alicia Fox later yeah. on. Uh, it's a couple of my favourites before we wrap this up. Go and check it out on uh, yeah, Ethan Morgan's Twitter. Uh, WrestleMania 27's main event. Oh, so that was one... Santino Morella. Yeah. Morella see screen. Edge. Santino Gosh, Morella yeah. versus Edge. And finally, WrestleMania 29. 2013. Oh, Ryback. Right <laughs> <laughs> Once in a lifetime, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, big brawl, uh, the new day, and uh, Kaiser and Vinci 
Uh, I won't really go into too many spots because this match went to a double count out, but it was all about what happened afterwards as well. Kingston got a hot tag in there, ran wild, wiped everyone out, big suicide dives. Imperium team up on him, but Woods makes the save, and they keep brawling on the outside until they both get counted out because they just want to keep kicking each other's ass. Uh, they brawl through the crowd. It looks like on several occasions Imperium's going to take out one of the members of the New Day, but the other one makes the save. Uh, looks like Xavier Woods is going to take one of them out off the uh, equipment boxes. In the end, though, uh, Woods and Kingston spear Kaiser and Vinci off the equipment boxes through some tables. I loved that spot and the end of that brawl. Um, Triple H leans too much into these arena-wide brawls, and they don't all work for me. This one did. I'm not WrestleTics, right? These fantastic crowds that these 10,000 plus crowds mm-hmm. that WWE keep drawing for TV tapings are only as good as the noise being made or the sights that you see on screen. Like the number is only great if it contributes yes. to the show. And the way they shot this brawl where they kind of took it from all angles because you don't need to hide the hard camera side. It was just full of people that were, bu- like the crowd that were super close to it were buzzing for it. And there was just loads of noise and people physically reacting, like popping basically, arms in the air, all that sort of stuff. And they should probably use this a bit more while the buildings are as packed as they are, mm. because I definitely think it elevates it. There was the um, the Owens and Zane crowd fight from last year, where Kevin Owens did that insane swanton off the balcony. Those buildings, the way they are at the moment, as hot as they are, like I think about this is not a comparison to this, but it was one of the reasons why Anarchy in the Arena One was perfect. It was perfect. You could go absolutely anywhere, and the whole thing felt magic. You wished. You were mm. in the building for an arena brawl and a, a table spot, effectively, a tag yeah. table spot in the crowd. This just looked hot. To like, set up a, a nice yeah, title match. It's match to build the match stuff. It's no finish. And yet, mm. I couldn't help thinking, well, it, this is not just me saying it. It would have been cool to be in that crowd because people were buzzing for it. Like, it's, there's another match in this. There obviously is. Um, <laughs> owing to the finish, I, I just got, I was removed by this. Just carny finish, an excuse to do it again. Which I guess is fine. There's a good reason for them to not want to adhere to the rules when that's what it's all based on. It all being taken too far. Of course, these two teams, with the conflict that they have between each other, they're not going to, you know, want to work a match and grab a hold. That's all fine. But I don't know. The second in a row, Carney, non-finish, and then... I've probably I'm gonna probably expose myself as a hypocrite because I've probably had latitude towards it before in other contexts for whatever reason I just groaned at the tables being there. Yeah. <laughs> the tables I piss off. You know what I watched the other day uh-huh. um in research for a list, right? I watched the Cena Great Carl Lee. Was one it one night stand? stand. Yeah, yeah. It was the opposite of that. He was getting everything sorry for this word germane to the environment mm. like the big camera crane yeah just i need to get my hands on that get the <laughs> massive body away from me so you know it's good for that in brawls i that a few times jbl and umaga and that was like i got something in my hand use this then i right, got yeah. it he was yeah. so much better at those kinds of matches as he was as a straight singles guy mm. even as pwg cena um i this is a bit too contrived for me there was something it's it has to be really 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 spectacular and like just get my blood fizzing for it to be that contrived, mm. and that was, it wasn't that hot. There was something I liked later on. I'm sorry we're jumping ahead to the New Day's promo they cut. Yeah, let's talk about it now. But like they, so they do a, a promo after the fact where like and Jay Uso's there giving them ice, and they remind you of that union because there's probably going to be an Imperium six man. 
and let's be honest, like other than Bronson Reed, Jay Uso feels like it's a forgotten man ahead of the Rumble. But within the body of what the New Day was saying, it was very much people don't take us seriously enough, but we're having to remind you just who the hell we are. And to the point we were making when we were talking, well, the point I was making when we were talking about the rankings was I don't care about AEW keeping tabs on every single wrestler's win-loss record points. I just want this philosophy to exist where winning matches works you up the rankings mm. towards a title shot. That felt folded in here. The New Day are kind of fighting the way they're fighting to be taken seriously once again as a threat to the tag titles because the belts is what we're all supposed to go to work for. Like, this is yet more, I feel, like restoration of the titles. And wrestlers just trying to restore their aura because they want to win titles is is good. It's like fundamental stuff, mm. like foundational stuff. And there's still a lot, like, he's not doing it in the women's division, but there's, like, a lot of, like, restoring of belts prestige through long range. You've got to do it with the challenges as well. And I thought that, I think that's been quite effective for the New Day. It's a time of year where if they were to win this feud against Imperium, they're already an act with so much credit in the bank that you would buy them suddenly mounting in a challenge for the tag yeah. belts. So the New Day, you know, you, if they're telling you to take them seriously and then they show you it you will mm. and i just think that's that's how you should book these teams like how you should book your undercard yeah and it's a good they are teflon to any kind of bad book in the mm. new day that's kind of been their story in fact um so when they jumped the heels at the bell i understood it was a segue to get to oh stick around you're gonna get this yeah it's like i just will never not think they're nice people <laughs> doesn't matter how you book them yeah convince mcmahon babyface them which this segment kind of did um they're the new day. Mm. Uh, following all that, there's a video package for Priest and McIntyre later on in the show. And then we go backstage, and there is Damien Priest. He's uh, got Dominic Mysterio with him. He's got Janet McDonough there, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley. Of course, collectively, they're in the f***ing judgment On the other side. Got Charlotte on that now. Have you? Have you? Crossing roads, man. Yeah. Josh still does it. It's... It's in him now, poor kid. Yeah. Just reminding me, what was the thing you said earlier? Uh, re Sidge's alarm going off. Oh, like, Sidge, uh, for those that have watched other podcasts, uh, hell of a chef, this guy yeah. over here. Mm. Uh, sets alarms for uh, his cooking on the weekend, is it, predominantly? Yeah. So as a result, on Mondays, often there's a recurring alarm that goes off midway through a podcast. Not too stupid to learn how to do them properly. <laughs> and we've heard it enough times that we know the song and we've turned it into a terrorist chant. Yes. Sagewick. And we got a comment yesterday from Wrestle7428 who said, when my alarm goes off every morning, I start singing along now and shout Sagewick at the end. Girlfriend very confused and grumpy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but we're not. Yeah, no. I couldn't keep my eyes off uh, Finn Balor in this segment, by the way. He was just loving life, loving yeah. every argument that was going on because Rhea's like, you're picking fights with everyone, Priest. Uh, and you and Balor next week got to defend the tag titles against <coughs> DIY. Uh, and Priest's like, oh, why am I only finding out about this now? And I've got no intention of picking fights with everyone, but I'm going to bloody handle Drew McIntyre tonight. You've got big head, you have, just because you're on the cover of the video game. Why don't you stop going into Postman Pierce's office and getting mat um, matches for the Judgment Day? And he storms off. And uh, Ripley bollocks uh, JD McDonough and Dominic Mysterio. And Balor's just loving this. <laughs> uh, but she says, don't piss about you either. Uh, Priest's going to fight McIntyre by himself. You accompany Tom and Nick and JD uh, for the match. Um, I want to see your vicious side. And you say, he said, you want to see vicious? You're going to get it. 
there are a lot of reasons I'll be sad when the Judgment Day are no longer a thing. A lot of reasons. But chief among them might be the end of Finn Banter. Because pretty much <laughs> from when he turned, remember like all the mid-match stuff when he was actually in the big matches against Seth and you'd do something on the floor and just be like, eh! <laughs> like flex his million pack that he's got on the front of his chest. There was a bit of that here, which yeah. I quite liked. Um, I also like, uh, I, but I like it every week. I like the Damien Priest increased frustration with Rhea Ripley, just making deals with other people. And she's already, she's already seeing past the judgment day. I made this point a couple of weeks ago. War Games was the end of... Uh, we run Raw, we run SmackDown, you don't. And the baby faces told you that you don't. So she is now seeing past this group and her kind of her loose alignments with Paul Heyman and with Drew McIntyre have only helped increase her star aura while kind of leaving them to suffer the consequences. So I quite like Damien Priest as the ostensible baby face of all this, drawing mm. attention to it. Finn Balor has got Triple H, bring it back to 2015, reboot written all over him. Oh, yeah. The second this all goes to piss. No laughing. Demon. Yeah. And not tongue demon. Everybody was grossed out by tongue demon. Proper demon, please. <laughs> um, so we about to get Ivy Nile versus Valhalla. Ivy Nile's backstage with uh, Jackie and, and Maxine Dupree. Uh, and Maxine's like, she ain't Little Miss Val. Oh, sorry, sorry. She says, Little Miss Val ain't ready, sorry, for Ivy Nile. They don't call her the pit bull for nothing. Creed Brothers there, hyper up. She's like, I got this, don't worry. Um, they call her the pit bull because it's the Fed. And somebody's yeah. got to be the f- Pitbull at some point or another. Uh, if they're short. If they're short, yeah. If they're short and a bit scrappy and a oh, bit intense, it. they are a pitbull. They just lost Butch, so they're like, oh. <laughs> the space has opened up for somebody to be a dog. Um, Nikki Cross, by the way, whilst all this was going on, was just wandering about. <laughs> Wasn't even mentioned. I was just like, what's that? Who's a fan like got up there? On the stage, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Someone needs to make the thing of Lanny Poffle looking down on her. And how am I doing, boss? Because she is getting paid to do absolutely f- all, and I respect it. I absolutely respect it. They have to do, I think, on Saturday, the bushwhacker Luke spot, but with Nicky Cross. So, like, he would like bushwhacking immediately, just bushwhacking, bushwhack. and out, and, uh, and out he goes, right to the back. Just have her walk to the ring, walk straight to the head. Nijax or ever throws her out, and she just keeps walking through the crowd, like straight line, doesn't stop, doesn't turn around, or like gets turned around. Mm. Just walks in that direction and said, do that. Have that be your elimination because what's going on with her? I don't know what's going on. All I know is that it's bad. You're in a train. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. <laughs> I just, like, um, I like, it's the least I've cared. Even like Nikki ASH, I was like, okay, she's a superhero. I get it. This, I'm like, what's it's the worst of all time? But what, yeah, but watch, I was like, well, at least I know what she's trying to do. What's yeah. this? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Anyway, baffling. More for Mike Molly if she don't get revenge this year. She's there for the taking. Phil James is going to have a field day. <laughs> uh, Ivan Al- Valhalla, anyway. Um, Valhalla hammers away to start. Now got knocked outside. Uh, goes for the face. Valhalla hits a pop-up headbutt and tries to put her feet on the ropes. But she does it so obviously and blatantly and quickly that before Maxine can do the ref, 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 the ref's like, you're putting your feet on the ropes, I can see. Yeah. Um, anyway, Niall bounces Valhalla's head off the post and hits the pit bull, the top rope bulldog for the one, two, three. Uh, I uh, <laughs> too short to really pass comment on the work. There wasn't much of anything here. I get it. Like this is one of them on paper. Oh, I've been picking up some wins, but I don't feel like this is a big Triple H Women's Division problem. I think so much of the time you're not instructed to care. He's just putting it on the show to try and get away with one, and that's the exact same thing we've criticised AW for yeah. for years. There's parity, I guess. But not really. There's parity based on the fact that they also appear on the show, not in the way they're creatively 
handled. Ivy Nile is not having a bad run, but she's not having a good one mm. either. Neither it wasn't like, well, that's Valhalla dealt with. She can't be interfering in anything else tonight. Yeah. It doesn't affect, it felt like it didn't affect no. what is her typical role on the show, which is to be Ivar's spooky mate. <laughs> Anything you want to say about this? No. Okay. Uh, then we got the New Day, Jey Uso, uh, Kofi Kingston challenging Gunther for a title match next week, and Jay simply saying yeet and getting a huge pop off the back of it. Um, and then Nia Jax comes what out. What have I done to my boy? <laughs> Nia Jax. You love Jey Uso. I really do. Still fighting for this title, Jey Uso, you know. He's not, but I th- yeah, yeah. He might eliminate Gunther just to be complete swerve. Well, I have talked about the match and, I don't know, change his name to semi-main event Jey Uso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you'd have to main event a Raw because they can't do it in the pay-per-views before WrestleMania because he can't do change. That's right, can yeah. <laughs> can't leave, unfortunately, Gunther. Um so yeah, Nia Jax out there talking about squashing both Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch the first time she encountered them. Uh, took the piss out of them going at each other last week, saying, I'm not surprised you want to face each other. You don't want to face me. I'll ruin your dreams. I'll win the Rumble myself. And I'm like, come on, Nia. Yes. Uh, Becky Lynch comes out um, and she says, well done on beating me. You've got something to talk about for the next five years. Says a lot. I know I you know, called my shot for the Rumble. I've got a big target on my back, but you've got an even bigger one. Um it's not just because of your size. It's also because nobody likes you. You throw your weight around, and you've probably injured half the locker room. Hated that line. It's a job in theory. Mm-hmm. Her job in theory is to hurt people. Mm. Why, is that an, why is that an insult? It's so weird as well because other it's than... It's like saying to Bret Hart, great Yorkcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for protecting people. No, like, it's not it's like, thanks. For, yeah, you're a great technical wrestler. I, I just... I was like, that's his job. Mm. Yeah, like that's when they... Job. When they talked about her smashing Becky's face. He's celebrating it's his job. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that. I like you as the Roy Keane of this podcast. That's the only time anyone would ever put me in the same sentence <laughs> as him. They never... Sometimes you're just in the room, but I want to see someone smash against someone. Feel something. <laughs> yeah, just don't do that. Becky Lynch yeah. got a face smashed in. And the way they... Fr- they weren't having the conversations that we were having about it. I can't believe she's injured her and put her out ahead of this massive match with Ronda Rousey. Mm. They were like, yeah... Injured you because we fight for a living, and I took you out, and that's what people talk about. There was a way to do this, and wasn't well measured. I don't think. Anyway, Lynch says I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm going to enjoy more: winning the rumble for the second time or watching you lose. Uh, Bailey interrupts and says that uh, actually I'm going to win the rumble, and she attacks Becky Lynch. Jax goes after Bailey. Lynch goes after Jax. Um, Bailey tries to get involved, so Lynch hits her with a manhandle slam, and then Jax chucks Lynch over the top rope, and her, both the of roof? her feet. Both of her feet touch the floor, um, which means if that happened on Saturday, she'd be eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Never thought that. Two things, right? First of all, stop with this facetious stuff. Two things. One, the inner hater loved that they did this. Just intelligence, insulting, fed crap. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's still what they are at their core. (laughs) So the inner hater enjoyed that. Secondly... They had to give this to the women, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. They would never, like, have a segment with blokes doing this. I mean, they probably, I mean, they have for, like, 40 years. Well, but you know what I mean. The comparison was stark, wasn't it, between the importance of the two rumbles? Or, it was laid bare on this Raw. There's basically, Aye. there's so few contenders, and Bianca Belair, they've pretty much just told you, is busier with her TV show and 2K. She's in it, but, like, and she tells you she wants to win, but they're not showing you that Bianca Belair's a serious contender this year. Not really. And they're so short and devoid on realistic contenders that they have to put in a thing where Adam Pearce has welcomed damage Katara to Raw 
uh, for various reasons. One of them is for Bailey to get involved in this because they're a... Like, and Nige, we don't even think Nijax is going to win, right? So there were three people in this promo and only two believable winners of the match. That's Yeah, that's those, what you, those are your two, aren't they? Yeah. Like, the, the Women's Rumble has been really badly booked and we're probably not talking enough about that, but it's just an extension of how throwaway and, oh, Christ, oh, we've got to get to the bloody women. Like, and they keep doing, we drew attention to this a few weeks ago. Every week, it seems, they do a bit where Postman Pierce is scripted to come in and being like, bloody shut up, GBH the ear or what? <laughs> he did it again Aye. on this one. All right, shut up. Mm. Give you what you want. Like, that's wee, op- wee, wee, optics wee. and minging. Mm. Rubbish. I did think off the back of this, though, Jay Cargill's coming in the Rumble and eliminating Nia Jax. She needs to have something big at WrestleMania. That would be pretty cool, yeah. And again, it just like protects Cargill. If she even needs it, I don't think she does, but based on that Triple H press conference point, if they believe... You need to uh, be wary of what you deliver of Jade Cargill. Like, a Nijax elimination gives you three months to yeah. them to perfect a match, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, and she hit Bailey with a leg drop after chucking Becky Lynch over the top. Um, and then after this, we had the Royal Rumble numbers video, and Becky Lynch bumping into Rhea Ripley backstage, who says, probably should make all the plans for WrestleMania now, eh? It's still really cool seeing them two on screen. Proper stars. That should be the WrestleMania match. Yeah. It is. Star they stuff. are telling Star you. Stuff. They're all but telling you. Which is good. I'm in support. nobody else, is there? You know, like last year when Rhea won, and we're like, here we go, Rhea Bianca, and then they flipped it and went, uh, Charlotte There's, like, if you are doing, say, Bailey and Eel, for example, there is absolutely nobody else Aye. for Rhea Ripley. Like, if it was Bianca Belair, it would feel the most out-of-the-blue thing at this point. Mm. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, then we got Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz. Uh, there was a Tom and Nick uh, sign in the crowd I did see. Um, Balor and JD McDonald are there with Dom. Um, Balor early on hits Miz with a cheap shot. Dom takes control. Suicide dive, slingshot sent on. Uh, we go to a break. Miz fights back. Drop kicks Balor into the announce table. Wipes out McDonough. Hits Dom with a springboard crossbody. And Michael Cole cannot believe what he's seeing. This is a, he's a, uh, I've got furious. <laughs> he does that every week, isn't he? Yeah. He's, it's just part of his repertoire. Yeah. Like, Cole has been caught a few times this year. I have never seen that before. Yeah. Two weeks earlier. And then somebody shows him <laughs> I've been calling it. It's pathetic. Um, it looks like Miz is going to get hit with a six or nine. Manages to avoid it. But uh, in amongst all this, JD takes the ref. Bala kicks Miz in the head. Dom hits a six or nine and a frog splash. One, two, three. They attack Miz post-match, especially Bala, but he's saved by DIY, who clear house. Um, they send JD in for a skull-crushing finale. Look like they're going to hit the meat in the middle uh, on him as well, but uh, Finn pulls him out just at the right time. 
the fans wanted, uh, like this got a decent response in the building as we thought it would. The fans really wanted our truth in this bit mm. of the Judgment Day drama slash comedy. Not in the main event. And not in the main event. And I would say this is the second week in a row where, like, it's a, it's a thing I really like, and I think they're doing quite a bad job of maximising its potential. I would have never in a million years thought the awesome truth had value. I don't think, by the way, I don't think they have value as a nostalgia act. I think they have value as a right now act. Mm. It was like, oh, yeah, them two were a team once. But it's actually, here they are in 2024 as, like, quite good babyface foil for these arsehole heels. That might be perfect. And this was the... I get why you have DIY, and obviously you're building that tag match next week. That's fine. But it was just pretty stark to me here that, like, this was where R-Truth would fit into this. And instead, they used him in the main event. And... Nah, sorry. Like, the, the, the thing I like about this should be there, not there. Mm. And both things suffered for it, I thought. Yeah. Uh, speaking of doing nice things for your friends, I've been meaning to read this for a few days. We got a lovely message. Well, you got a lovely message. Yes. Uh, from Imperium, not them, uh, on uh, on Twitter, um, saying, I wonder if you could do an amazing shout-out on your next podcast. For context, at the What Culture Live event, which, of course, we are doing another one of in Philadelphia over WrestleMania weekend, whatculture.com forward slash tickets, if you want to go to that. Uh, but for our Daddy Boys Live What Culture event, um, they say, a group of us connected up before the event, and we ended up creating a wonderful little WhatsApp group chat called What Culture Live Crew. Um all the guys in it are fantastic people. And one of them, Kieran, just had a new baby hey! yesterday. It was on the 15th of January, this was. I would love it if you could give him a good old Dadly Boys congrats from myself and all of the What Culture Live crew. His name is Kieran, and his newborn's child's name is Penelope. So congratulations. Congratulations, Kieran. Congratulations. Um, should we do some advice? We've done this a few times. Yep. Um, good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> Enjoy it. You're in it right now. What would you say, Will Bond? You're a few months in at this point. It's easy. This it's easy. I don't know what people are worrying about. Will Bond's got a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reality. Isn't Eric's it? A you, might not, you might not care. And it's we don't very know. Uh, easy to want to wish it away to mm. get to the milestones, mm. particularly on bad days. It's the biggest cliche is that it goes ridiculously fast. Like, I'm closer to my oldest entering his teenage years and not being as infectionate and all the rest of it. Yeah. Closer to that than he is to being a baby. So that's a bit scary. That's a measure of, like, how far it goes. And then we had kids, like, late by my parents' standards, but, like, quite early by the standards of my friendship mm -hmm. groups. And um, one of Francis's mates has got a, like, I think he's two. Well, Bella. Yeah. He's, like, he's, like, waddling around like he's drunk. <laughs> like, when he's just toddling... He's like, you could just go up to him and just go, biggest smiles ever, fist bump. Yeah. Like, you know, say, like, oh, I missed that. Uh -huh. And it's gone. So just, like, literally, it's really hard because sometimes it really sucks. But every day, try and have at least five minutes where you just have some perspective and enjoy it. Go on your phone for some of it. You need to. Yeah. Mm. Don't be one of those where it's like, oh, social media. <laughs> 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 Hello? Oh. Hello. I got a call. It's a cold call. I think so. It's my ass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, see you take later. that, the robots. 
Uh, but congratulations again to, to Kieran. Congratulations, Kieran. Congratulations. The baby era is low-key goated. Yeah. It just doesn't always feel it. So, yeah, I echo Sidgwick's sentiment there. Uh, Priest getting interview backstage. Uh, congratulates Dom on his win, which he was fully expecting. And then R-Truth shows up with another massive wad of cash from their counterfeit T-shirt sales. Um, Priest enjoys this, but he's like, not right now. And he's like, no worries, I'll take care of this later. Ominous. Why don't you do it, why don't you do it Truth, before the show began? Can we talk about the content? Sorry, at the t-shirt store, that's why. Getting all why didn't save, save for after the show then? Oh, by the way, you know, the merch that I've been selling on camera, illegally. <laughs> Here's your cut from it. Enjoy, uh, well, just to concentrate on your main event, good luck. We were just talking now, about Now, I know R-Truth is an idiot, mm-hmm. yes. and that's his character, and it creates a lot of different comedic misunderstandings, right? But that is every wrestler does this. Your week is longer than three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Episodic wrestling TV is fundamentally stupid. Thanks for uh, watching and listening to the podcast. Yes. As a parent, you must understand sometimes like your kids don't necessarily understand your priorities and they just want to tell you about this thing they've done. I'll show you this piece of work. Our truth is older than right me. Now. He's their child. Mm. Our, our truth, truth is their kid. Our truth is older than me. Dad, I look at this money I earn. <laughs> It's selling shirts at school today. The content of the promo, by the way, before the R-Truth bit, another reason why I thought, like, the insertion of R-Truth was all wrong into this bit of the show. Um, God damn, I love the Triple H finding stuff to say. Damien Priest's bit in this about basically flipping what, like, I'll admit, I actually bought into Drew McIntyre. Thanks, mate. 2020 was pretty rough. And I quite liked you as this affable figure at the top of WWE. And now that he's a heel... Damien Priest been able to say, ah, oh, you were pretty good when everybody was the lowest there, but now everybody's back to the best. You suck, actually. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. I wouldn't have thought that. And then Drew to sort of fire back later on and be yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, you just don't get what it is to be a top guy because you're not one yet. I've at least been at the top of the mountain. Like, you'll understand one day what I did back then and why it means something. I thought those were, like, nice hmm. character motivations. He's uh, he's all right at that. He's our old, old hunter. It's your favourite thing in the world. But Paul, not just that aspect of his booking. Yeah, it's one a week at least. You're like, here it, here it is. There's our Paul. <laughs> uh, Bronson Reed warned Jay, so nothing and no one is going to stand in his way of becoming a champion. He challenged him to a match for next week. And then it was time for Chad Gable versus Ivar. Um, some more mad Chad Gable spots. First time we've seen him in, in a match since November, I believe I said, uh, yesterday. Ivar suplex Gable out of the ring and hit a splash off the apron to take us to a break. And they did that sandwich spot against the... Barricade. Yeah. Kicked ass. Which is awesome. I think that was during the break, but I paid attention because I loved that spot with Ivar. Um, come back from the break and Gable hits an exploder suplex off the top. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, oh my God indeed. Uh, Ivar comes back with a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. Gable puts him in an ankle lock, but Ivar rolls over and kicks him off. And it was one of those few times... He, you know, they used to do that all the time with, mm-hmm. like... The Walls of Jericho or the, the uh, Kurt, Ang- Kurt Angle's ankle lock. And you sometimes you'd be like, oh, you're really strong. Why are you getting kicked? Uh, I can believe Ivar can kick Chad yeah. Gable. Get away from me. Uh, Ivar hits a diving leg drop off the middle middle rope. Goes middle roll. But goes for a spin kick. <laughs> Elvis. Uh, but Gable counters into another ankle lock. Ivar gets the rope break. Middle uh, roll, roll. <laughs> Ivar hits a sit-out spine buster for two. Uh, goes for the moonsault, but Gable rolls out of the way and hits a bridging German suplex again into a cover for a great near fall. Um, also, there's another spot. Ivar sets Gable up for a superplex, but Gable slips out and hit a German suplex off the middle rope. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Uh, Gable went for a moonsault, but then Valhalla's there screaming in his face. That distracts him, and annoyingly, Ivar slams Gable, hits a moonsault, and wins. So, 
with matches in particular, promos too, but especially with matches, and especially since AEW came along and the bar got raised for all of this, what's really impressed me about wrestling in general and wrestlers is when you think you've got the highlights down ahead of time and then they surprise you Mm -hmm. with something. I wasn't surprised by anything in this and yet loved it all the same. I got exactly what I would have expected in terms of all the big spots, and yet they were still amazing to watch. I don't know if that's a bit of dark art stuff from Chad Gable, and it's something that for all the for all the things we put Chad Gable over for, maybe it's that that like I personally don't give him enough credit for. He's so physically impressive and so good at emoting both the struggle and the confidence that I probably don't put him over enough as a as a ring general because he was too busy getting over tag teams or trying to haul over the line whatever terrible idea he was given that week and for all those years he was just in the meantime building Mm. up his ability to structure a match so maybe it's that but this was everything I would have expected almost move for move Mm. from Chad Gable versus Ivar and yet I loved getting to see it play out anyway I wouldn't have changed maybe apart from the spooky Valhalla (laughs) but in terms of the execution of everything and how just what like a wow factor it had I wouldn't have changed a single thing about this this was lovely to watch Mm. knowing what I was about to see you know how wrestling has sort of always evolving stylistically, and a lot of wrestlers are clearly, well, some wrestlers are clearly like way more influential than their other peers and contemporaries, and their work sort of seeps into what follows and is best remembered and whatever. And I think Shawn Michaels, people forget how great he was, truly, because so much of his stuff, not the best work, influenced the uh, subsequent <laughs> generations. And I was like, oh, he's the wrong person. <laughs> he's the wrong person to copy the homework because he could get away with it. He could only do that so deep into his career because he was kind of corny, old man, Sean, who you'd forgiven and all the rest of it. And he was a bit trite, but he was just Sean. He just could tug at your heartstrings or whatever. If I could pick one person to not be influential over pro wrestling in 2024, it would be Shawn Michaels. If I could pick one wrestler, right, to be the one that the next generation studies, it would be Chad Gable. Mm -hmm. Not so much this match, just a general point. This is really fun for what it was, but very compact, lean. He's so good at just getting in there in 10 minutes Mm. and doing what other people just so self-consciously try to do in 30. Mm. Chad Gable, his approach to the TV match in particular, is just so expert, so not like... He's the best wrestler who never gets credit. I know a lot of wrestling fans do, but in terms of your big... Uh, his TV matches will never trouble end-of-year match lists because yeah. that is the preserve of your 30-minute mm. pay-per-view main event or whatever. And it's a, I just think he toils at a very noble task of doing these really great, lean, exciting, unpretentious... TV matches, and I just wish that was the norm. He's so great. I think we touched on this on another podcast. The Gunther match at WrestleMania, it's increasingly looking like this dream that's disappearing off into the distance. I disagree after this. Well, good, and I hope you're right, because I think I would class Chad Gable, to Sidgwick's point, he's undeniable, but typically when we say that, we mean about becoming like a world champion, and you just don't see it in his future. Mm. But on the WrestleMania stage against a Gunther for that belt, that would be the thing that would elevate him from that to the end of the year list to the end of the, mm. the all-timer conversations because of that one. Because it's all the cliches are true, isn't it? That moment will be remembered more. That thing will be etched in a little bit of wrestling history. It's hard to get those, and it does feel like the perfect setting for Gable. He gets his flowers. 
but to get something on in, to get credit on an entirely different level for what he contributes. The re- yeah, and the re- just to circle back, the reason why I feel weirdly more confident after he's just lost is because of the story they're sort of telling with him, which is massive lads that he goes toe to toe with, which he does more than go toe. He basically hasn't beat, and barring interference and shenanigans, he beat him. And I think he's slowly going to have that upswing on the road to WrestleMania of, right, without Valhalla screaming in my face, I beat Ivar. Without, you know, the likes of Kaiser and Vinci, I could beat Gunther. They have an opportunity to make a capital M moment with him eliminating Gunther from the mm. Rumble and giving everybody that tell. You're getting it. Suplex? <laughs> Out. But yeah. <laughs> do that German spot that everyone... Tends to do, but just does it. Just does it. <laughs> yeah, they did it once in TNA, and I think it's like AJ Styles. It's a guardrail. Like Jesus Christ, oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yes, oh my God, they actually did it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it again. <laughs> I've got one now. I can watch. The yeah. Replay. Right, let's get to this then. Uh, it's time for Cody Rhodes and CM Punk face to face. Cody Rhodes enters. Guess the reaction you expect. CM Punk's music hits before Rhodes can say anything. He gets a great reaction as well. They shake hands. Dueling chance for both of them. Punk's like, let's just enjoy this moment. Uh, Love that from Punk. Mm-hmm. Love that from Punk. Uh, they've both taken very different paths to get here. Still hope they were friends on Sunday morning. I'm not going to do this justice, by the way. I've kind of tried to cover all points, but I would understand if you want to just go watch the promo and then skip to the bit where I finish this and then the Dadleys give their thoughts on it. In my, what, seven years of podcasting and reviewing WWE TV programs in particular, this is the one thing I would say it's mandatory to watch because I understand that a lot of our listeners catch up with Raw via us. Watch this. Do Mm -hmm. yourself the favor. Mm -hmm. Um, But just in case you haven't, uh, Cody Rhodes asks Nola and CM Punk, what do you want to talk about? No, he's trivialized it. Um, (laughs) You said you couldn't do it justice. (laughs) So Punk says, I want to talk about your dad. Um, it's Dusty Rhodes, by the way, if you're unaware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know if Cody knows this story, but in 2007, Dusty calls Punk on the phone, tells him he sends his youngest son, Cody, to OVW to start his journey as a pro wrestler and asks Punk to keep an eye on the kid. Um, at the time, he didn't know if he was the guy for the job, but when Dusty asks a favor, you say yes. But he says, it wasn't a hard job. Stayed out of your way. You didn't get into any significant trouble you didn't fall into the same vice as i saw a lot of your friends or my friends did um i watched you grow from a preliminary wrestler to a main event caliber superstar may sound condescending coming from punk but he's proud of him um and he brings this up his dad because on saturday he feels like he's breaking a promise when the bell rings if they cross paths he oh won't. My God. i'm not gonna do it every time but what a line mm. um, in a promo exchange Full of incredible lines that didn't really feel like lines mm. that didn't feel like they'd written them down and thought, well, I'm a genius f- promo, so I'll, write, <laughs> so I'll write that down and love it. Yeah. It didn't really feel like that, it just was. Yeah, this could have been it's WWE, right? It could have all been word for word on a piece of paper somewhere, but it's not just about elevating material, is it? It's about the stars that make it feel completely off the top of the head and what yeah. they've been wanting to say for years yeah. and years and years. Uh, yeah, if they cross paths, he's not going to be looking out for Cody. He's going to be looking for Cody, and he's going to do what he's got to do, win the Rumble, main event WrestleMania. Um, Cody says, you look, you're, not, you're not, not alone in that feeling. Uh, I'm also thinking about Dusty. I work with legends, Hayes, Pritchard, Hunter, even Heyman. Um, but when they see me, they can't help but see Dusty. It's a large shadow, but Punk knows well that Cody's done everything in his power uh, since he left to not just be in the shadow, but be the light in the shadow. He will subvert expectations on his own last name and be his own man. Uh, and he talks about OVW. Uh, showed up with barely any wrestling experience, no matches under his belt, a nepotism hire, he called himself. Uh, 
And then there's CM Punk, 10 years on the indie scene. Punk treated him like a peer, though. They became friends, which is what makes this bittersweet because there's no friends in the Rumble. Uh, Punk says, yeah, yeah. What about in the match they were promoting. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. For the, the fiction is always better than fact, isn't it? You yeah. want to live in the fiction of pro wrestling. Like, it's... I know we're constantly interrupting here, but no, like, no. we talked about this a few times. The CM Punk is often the cause of the solution to all of his own problems because he's such a captivating figure, and he was even captivating amidst the controversy that he caused in AEW. But I said it when he came back, you have to acknowledge it, but won't it be great when we're just out there telling stories? And every single time, the mention of the Rumble, as opposed to a mention of the other place we work. Mm. What, what do you call it? Uh, over there. Yeah. So much <laughs> better for it because you were just being asked to buy the fight that they're selling you on Saturday. And they never, because they're both awesome at this, of course, but they never even strayed from it, I would say. Like everything was rooted towards that, even when the digs that they were aiming at one another were clearly rooted in a number of different elements of their career. Never once strayed from. Sunday, the, mate, the core uh, purpose of what this was to do, yeah. Yeah, you want to win on Saturday because you want to win a bail. And Punk says, yeah, but what about Sunday morning, Cody? I can separate business from personal. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? There's one lie in every promo. In answer to Bobby Fisher's question, <laughs> there is one lie in every promo. <laughs> they should have a little syndrome up in the corner. Tell me when I'm telling lies. That, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Punk said that Rhodes grew up in... Um, in here. And personal to him was this win here. It's one of the greatest Punk and Cody have tried very different paths. Punk didn't have a famous dad. He didn't see nepotism. He saw the burden of his last name, how hard it was going to be to get out of the shadow. And congrats, Cody's done it uh, for all the differences, including their clothing right now, suits, and I've just come well, wearing it at the gym. We've got one very similar goal. Um, my dad wasn't famous, says Punk. Um, you started your career standing on third base, but I know that was going to be a burden for you to overcome, and you've done it with flying colours. My dad was just a regular blue-collar guy, an electrician, which is ironic. I'm more of an American dream than you are. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, like, we're not patting ourselves on the back to say that, well, not quite the words that Cody Rhodes used, but the sentiment Cody Rhodes used was sitting there the whole time as the bedrock of this entire feud, right? That's why it was the dream match. You talked it, I walked it. That's what this was always going to be premised on. I didn't imagine they'd ever come up with a feed line as good as that to yeah. actually give Cody the ammo to say it. Like, it was all quite nice. Ne literally like next level. Just the levels, the levels, the levels. The sophistication yeah. was unbelievable. They gave CM Punk, and I know we're just mixing, crossing streams of recap and analysis. The idea was a trip like uh, Cody Rhodes in his head. It was there the entire time. But I'm the good guy, so I'm not going to bring it to the front. Yeah. yeah. All in, all in, all in, all in. I changed it to AEW. Just waiting to see it, <laughs> and they could have found a better way, yeah. a, 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 a just a more justifiable way for CM uh, for Cody Rhodes to say, oh, "I walked it." So, what are you going to do about that? Because why? <laughs> why would a baby face like Cody Rhodes have to say it? Rub his they, face in it. Yeah, yeah that, that's not very in keeping with who Cody Rhodes is now. But he was kind of given no punk left him no choice. Yeah, and I love the thought that goes into the ordering. Of, of when they say the things they say here because it's key to, well, it's key especially to how Punk closes it, which you'll mm. get to, about there is a very quiet establishing of who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here, but they never, they don't want it to be up front, do they? You know, yeah. there's got to be those shades of grey. So Cody's like, 
okay, American dream, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk. <laughs> I want to talk about the um, the uh, what was the punk's thing? Data. No, no, no. <laughs> the um, the um, data. No, CM Punk's big thing when he he cut the promo on the ramp. Bam! There we go. Sorry, uh, sorry it is sorry. hard. It is hard when he clicks fingers. I apologise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you sat right up there, uh, said a few words. Uh, rattled off a formula for a revolution, inspired countless wrestlers to get into um, their <laughs> beers now. That's the last one, I promise. Imagine that, inspired countless wrestlers to get into their beers now. <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you left. And when you left, you really left. You didn't pass the torch. You dropped it on the way out. You didn't care who picked it up. Uh, but I know you did. I did, says Cody. Um Everything you spoke about, I literally did. Where you talked, I walked. Oh, my God. What's actually ironic, that makes me more CM Punk than you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I kind of... <laughs> if there was CCTV in my living room, <laughs> and if there was CCTV in my living room, and it was somehow broadcast mm-hmm. to the entire world, I would say... All of them would have got the ick <laughs> <laughs> at this complete mark doing what I did. I felt you know, like I, was... I don't know what it looked like. I felt like I was in like a family guy cutaway gag where it's five in the morning when I'm watching it in UK time and I have to go to a pub when other pubs close. I have to break into the pub. I have to pour myself a pint, just throw it up in the air. <laughs> like, I, I, like you say, it's, it becomes involuntary and that's the point. That's the feeling. Don't think, just feel when you're watching pro wrestling. This is the good stuff, brother. Like I am more CM, I'm more American dream than you. I am more CM Punk than you. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. These are the sorts of things, right, that you just... That's this. That's the line around which you build the promo. Everything gets built to that moment. They've had three of those lines, <laughs> and they're not even in a singles program yet. I know. <laughs> Again, like a lot of questions yesterday uh, on our Q and A podcast, which you still listen to about. Well, like, what does Cody do if The Rock, if this, if that? People are, and I get it because I'm panicking too. I oh, just just want Cody Roman for the belt in the main event, but it might not occur. They showed you an option. They showed you a, an option here that I don't think anybody would be too disappointed about mm. if this was a singles match instead. If, in fact, we were looking at, who's going to get the main event? Is it going to be Cody and Punk? And it's somehow both of them on night one. Not bad. Not bad. And Punk takes off, of, takes his hoodie off. I'm going to go for this then. I'm going to give you the full road to WrestleMania experience. You, you've been back in the company for two years, cover the video game. Uh, you're just about to cross the finish line. But, oh, Punk's walked that as well. Yeah. yeah. What's that in the uh, what's that in the distance? Oh, it's a bigger superstar who hasn't been around in a long time coming to take it all away from you. Clarifies this time he means him. Dramatic pause, and it's me. Punk's become Darock. Like he became Dwayne in the moment, and then you're just like, how the f have you done that, pal? Yeah. Because just to be able to like lean into this panic around it, like the rock taking Cody's place, and then Punk reminding, mate. The most like biggest crossover star ever isn't even your biggest obstacle. That's standing in front of you right now. And it being Punk in particular, revealing for the first time as he did, that same glint in his eye, the I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. The darkness that lurks underneath of Punk, knowing that he's now the guy that he once mm. raged against and the man that he once was is now stood in front of him. Like, st- 
stunning, stunning long and short-term storytelling and character work for the gap that he left in that one moment. He didn't even, like, I was glad a Rocky chant didn't break out mm-hmm. because I could see, like, I could see why that would only contribute to the moment, but I loved it not almost like undermining Punk's point, and it's me. Like, I, oh, this is... I said it like, at another point, Sid, when you wanted... Uh, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. I wanted Cody and Punk to talk to each other in a ring. I'm on an arrow. Like <laughs> when the like the promos and the anticipation often they're supposed to elevate the match, but often they outstrip the match. I don't know what these two can do together in the ring, but I think I always knew deep down that this couldn't was as magic as it was going to be. It, oh, God, I've watched this three times already. <laughs> it's like a great match. I've watched this three times already. Yeah. I know I'm going to watch it at my dinner. And I'm going to watch it again when I get home. Uh, I'll finish this up. Cody's going like, there you go, looking out for me again. Uh, you might be right. Um, Dusty was his best friend. He quoted John Wayne a lot. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways. Um, Punk might be right. Cody's got one di- only one direction he can go forward, and that goes through Punk. Cody drops the mic and he goes to leave. Mm. Punk pulls him back. Oh, my God. And they go face to face. They go nose to nose, even. And it's just... I mean, it's been, it's been, if you haven't seen that image, it's everywhere on social media right now. Every, yeah. <laughs> um, just just jaw-dropping. This. this is absolutely incredible. Obviously, we've done a lot of the analysis uh, within the recap. Um, I just thought this was so unbelievably sophisticated. You know what the purpose of this was. You knew that they were going to eventually have crosswords, maybe get physical or on the verge of being physical. They weren't going to say, I respect you. Mm. Oh, yeah, you too. But similar paths. See, the Rumble made the best man win. It was obviously going to be some tension. It's the way that they built to that that tension. And as I pointed out, even while having these clearly incredible but planted killer lines that people will remember probably forever, right? That's how special and magic this was. Despite those unbelievable lines, kind of like the wordplay and the dueling competition, it was very clearly scripted by themselves or people who could do like an uncanny emulation of their voice. And yet, I can't recall, this is on par, Hamlet will probably think it was better. This for me, it was on par with the Punk Kingston, where it was like that breakdown, the unbelievable which, way in which that mood starts to shift, like to an organic degree that is just completely alien to dialogue and professional wrestling normally. Like, the tension that existed and always existed, as I said, you can tell that Cody Rhodes is just waiting for a justifiable time to drop mm. that. Well, I mean, <laughs> did T- the pipe team bomb, me up did for it, you? you bastard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just they knew what they were getting themselves into and the way they just, it all unraveled, the way that mood shifted was just as organic and quotable, and uh, it was just a masterpiece. Just that mood shifting. You never, ever, in a million years in this segment, the and the, this is the most succinct way I can think of putting it over, right? At no point ever would it have flashed across the mind of anybody in that arena to do what? What? Yes. At no point did would anyone have thought to have done that. Total manipulation over the crowd. Like, staggeringly 
sophisticated dialogue and build for a pro wrestling promo. People are like, oh, do they have to do Roman Rock? I was like, well, this is the biggest match you've got. Mm. I mean, it probably isn't financially, but in terms of how big it felt, how good it would be. And then The Rock came out the other week and he name-checked Roman Reigns. And you're like, well, that's the biggest match you've got. And then, then they do this. And, it's and then they do this. It's like, better. that's the biggest match you've got. And it's there, there's that lovely, JR would call it the short tank. There's an element of that, isn't there? Because the WrestleMania main event is real. Like, what mm. that represents is real. And I loved know? as well how it just, there was these little details that just got the thread. Like, this needs to come loose and needs to kind of fall apart a little bit. It needs to fray. Not ripping anything up yet, but it needs to fray and they need to do the tension. Just a little line that Punk snuck in, where I was like, you know, it's Rumble to every man for himself, or whatever he said. You know, and I'm going to punch you in the face and throw you over. He didn't just say, I'm going to throw you over. It's like, I'm going to punch you in the face and do mm, it. Yeah. It's like just that li- just those little moments and then the little sarcastic bits of body language all added up to it just frittering away this sort of like the resolve to be nice to one another. It's just unbelievable. The, the hair ruffling of the 2K cover. You pointed out Punk had done that first. The, oh, yeah, the rumble. I've been in more than you. Yeah. Like the, the, the tiny little yeah. moments. Micro, microaggressions. Mm. Like, uh, couches respect, you know. Um, I was reminded. Like, this is, I don't know if this is, like, not the done thing when we're just celebrating how great this was. It's to just acknowledge the haters for a second. But I ha- there isn't, it's, there's loads of praise. And I'm with Sidgwick. The praise should be, like, even more effusive than it is. But there is also some, I've seen a bit of negativity online towards this promo. Some of it based on what they did mention, some of it based on what they didn't. Uh, The use of Dusty Rhodes, because I guess for a while it was becoming a bit of a cliche, Mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes fallback bit of material. Uh, I've never had a problem with it once. For the not mentioning of AW by name, which, not not by name, but you know what I mean, like referencing directly, and I think we we pointed this This out. This is better than edgy, so... yeah. We pointed this out in the preview that, like, that was the one thing that got punk crickets. Like, if you're going to do it, do it the way they did it here, which is reference enough of the reality without needing to go into the finer point because the big thing right now, wrestling's always about tomorrow rather mm. than yesterday, and it's about the rum, it's promotion, the rumble is on Saturday. Um, and I was reminded of uh, in 2019 when I just didn't feel what everybody in the building felt for babyface Cody Rhodes and I would come on this podcast every week and look I would even I was man enough to say the buildings are going nuts for him like I'm this outlier and I, I don't get it and I remember one of the lines and I think he only said it once and I was like on a high horse about it and I was an asshole about it like he called himself the grandson of a plumber and I love that's like quite appropriate to punk saying yeah your dad the grandson of plumber, your dad was the star my dad was an electrician right and I, like that bothered me that like Cody Rhodes was being presented as this like this every man mm. he was in the context of AEW but it stuck with me that like no not, uh, I'm angry right <laughs> and Sidge ethered me and I can't remember if it was on Twitter or Slack just to pop the boys or both but the, it was so good it stuck with me to this goddamn day you piece of shit <laughs> no, it was so great it was so great and I, don't I, even felt know it, I felt it today um it was a gif of like an old fella watching the telly while like this insane fireworks display is happening by the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, in the dynamite yeah, colours. And it was like like Hamlet watching NXT, like saying Cody Rhodes is rubbish. I thought there was something <laughs> they'd like to do with that because it would have been like Cody Jericho probably. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it was, I was I'm just not buying into it. it was and, like, and I was just like I, I I saw the negativity and my feeling was, Oh, I come outside and watch the fireworks. 
Like this is this is the fireworks. Yeah. What Punk and Cody is is the thing you need to be watching because it won't be this way forever. These moments don't come around very now and then, and you have a choice to make in this moment of witnessing a bit of wrestling history and just putting it. And I get right that a lot of people don't like WWE's presentation or don't like CM Punk or don't like the fact that Cody Rhodes left AEW for WWE or whatever the reasons are. Or earnestly, if you just watch this and didn't feel what we are clearly all feeling today and what a bunch of other people are, I'm not telling anybody that they've got the wrong opinion. But I would say that what we were watching is something that will stand up. Mm. And it's worth seeing that maybe and seeing when something really is like for the want of a better phrase elite tier pro wrestling when it's happening in front of you because we all collectively as a fan base watch plenty of it that just isn't mm. this is what you tune in for this is absolutely why dating back i used a comparison on x of those great rumbles where there's two guys at the top of the cart like hogan warrior lex brett Cena batista punk uh uh Rhodes, like it's nice and neat that I was able to make the comparison about Royal Rumbles, but the reality of that is that, oh my God, there's these two megastars at the same time and you you just can't call it. It could go either way. It's as real as the fake sport gets. Mm. It's perfection in terms of pro wrestling. Two more things because we've spent a lot on this. One, just very, just acknowledge the haters once. I hate doing it. Like, I hate deeply this, oh, well, you were saying that then, and then you're saying it now. The idea that there's like a hive mind, I just, I hate it. I abhor it. However, that's, if the way to construct that take is ever been more apt, it's today, of the, oh, if WWE did it, or if AEW did it, I hate it. I hate mm-hmm. it so much. I hate it so much. Right. If this promo exchange happened in AEW on Dynamite with the I'm more CM Punk than you. I'm more of an American dream than you. And they were talking instead about going for a title and not winning the Rumble. Like, people would love it. People would be so effusive in their praise and not like, well, good job for them. They'd be chasing good job for Raw. Biggest pay-per-view buy rate in the company's history sort of stuff, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, people, the reception to it would just... Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say that because you're, you're allowed to like it if it's good sometimes. That's me saying it. <laughs> <laughs> to something about Cody being ready with that line. It's just something quite specific to friendship in general. And it's why it just was so believable as a promo exchange. Because it was something. It winds you up about like your mates or whatever. And that was his version of that. I just mm. felt so lived in and real. Mm. I kind of get over how great this was. The pilot of it. Watch it if you haven't. The pilot of it in that Mingan. Well, Cody's saying everything. <laughs> like that was his desperation, wasn't it? To get something out there. Because as we now know... He was on the verge of leaving. Like, what if I never get another chance? Oh, well, let's toss this one away. Yeah. Hip toss class, was it? About the um, O'Reilly and Fish? Like, Something like, like that. The, aye, there's a, well, I've always wanted to say this. I've always wanted to say ever. I've always wanted to say this. Like, in the context of that versus what we got here and yeah. the way to actually use that and weaponize it night and day. And then, just in the moment when you think, well, it's, you know, thanks for coming, Gunther and Drew and Brock. It's down to these two in the Rumble. Hulk Hogan chucks his name in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Red. He couldn't walk in the ring. He could not walk into the ring. Yeah, like, for Schadenfreude's sake, I kind of hope he enters now because, like, Gunther Neal and a chop or Brock F5-ing him and seeing if he turns to dust like a vampire in Buffy. <laughs> like, um, yeah, why not? Let's, cannot, let's have a look at that. He literally cannot get in there. Imagine Hogan no. taking a go to sleep. And, uh, but they had, you know, the ones where they had the, the big lads had the big... 
trolleys to take him to. <laughs> Twenty seventeen. He's got that budget for an all entrance way. Just, just for going doing the big shop. Stannis Daly. <laughs> <laughs> the ring. Just you wait. Can I get in there? He's still at the top of the ramp. Just taking ages. He needs, I'll tell you what he needs. He needs Lexus King's chair. To the ring. Just imagine him doing the Lexus King's chair. To tip him into it underneath the bottom row. The Hulkster on NXT would be funny. Didn't deserve it. No. Right. Let's move on. Uh, because that was followed by Candice Lorraine in the Artwell versus Shane. Skip. skip. Jesus Christ. I know skip means skip, but you wanted to say something about this. I just think there's not enough being said. This is the second time in recent memory, and probably it's happened a lot more. It was like the women's tag after the rock and gender segment. They are putting these things, and we used to dig AEW out for this on the pay-per-views. It was always the elite. Yeah, always the elite. And it was like, right, the crowd are not going to send the women out there. This it's happening, it's happening again. Like it, Triple H is not doing a bad job of his top line women's programs, but at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if the only two women's matches across both nights of WrestleMania are for the titles. That's not on. Mm. You have got a roster. You've got enough of a roster to do a thirty-woman Royal Rumble, the Money in the Bank, the Elimination Chamber, all those sorts of things. Evolution, to, evolution to present parity. And week after week after week after week, you're showing that you either can't do it or can't be asked to mm. do it. It's lousy on these like. Four, six, eight women that go out there to silence an indifference because you're instructing your audience they can. This is the toilet break. This is the popcorn break, whatever. It's not on. Stark hit uh, Lorray with a Z360 for the win. But enough of all this. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. This week's five-star review review is brought to you by James Allen. Uh, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related, you can do so uh, either by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or leaving a five-star rating on Spotify and screenshotting it and emailing it to me. We need the proof. Adam.Wilborn at whatculture.com, as James has done here, um, with also an excellent title to his email. doesn't just say five-star review, review, Sitch. It says, urgent appointment needed for Dr. Fed. <laughs> surgery's open any time. You like this one, Sitch? You know this. James writes, Hi Adam, love the pod. You boys crack me up every week to the point where my newly married wife frequently asks me why I'm laughing, only for me to point at my ear and go, we bloody wrestling lads. As someone that's already submitted a five-star review on Apple, I'm aware that you were... Need the proof. Um, So I've done an extra Spotify one and he attaches it to the email. Uh, But today I write in concern for my health. My my symptoms are... Uh, Dr. Fed. Yeah. It's great when you're Dr. Fed, you know, because you don't get a PhD, you get a PhE. The E is for entertainment. Sidge? My symptoms are an unusual case of fantasy booking the Fed from now until mania, an unhealthy need to finish stories in my life, and everywhere I look, I'm seeing numbers from 1 to 30. I'll wait for Dr. Fed's official diagnosis, but I'm afraid I might have a case of rumble fever. (laughs) There's a lot of that. I'm getting a lot of that from patients at the moment. But uh, I'm just advising them to just sleep on it, just enjoy it, just live with it. Uh, what would you advise them to do for this weekend if they were going to... Well, I would advise them uh, to take two of these and calls in the morning because we'll be live on YouTube on Saturday night uh, suffering from these same symptoms Yeah, across four fantastic PLE hours. Four hours, four matches. 
And I don't know, maybe that Arsenal Hardy from last year's show doing a musical interlude. God, please, no. There's going to be something. Uh, a, Bob, actual, a Bobby Lashley advert that's two years old. <laughs> for the actual, yeah. Bobby Lashley's a baby face again. What's going on? <laughs> uh, for the actual review, I'm sure Wilborn can find something about a female wrestler or diva that will fit the need li- linked to Rumble season. Jokes aside, you're all legends. It was a pleasure to meet Sijin Hamlet at the Cardiff event. Regards, James Allen. It was a pleasure to meet you too, James, because... Myself and Sige have been very fortunate that everybody we've met has been super nice to us and not like some of the people in the comment section. <laughs> they never show up at the real life events. So I need I need these real life <laughs> events when I see the state of Twitter. <laughs> I don't Twitter, it's like the comment sections. They're all dicks. Far <laughs> from the people I need. And if you want to meet with us again, live show in Philadelphia, whatculture.com forward slash tickets. Um, so I searched uh, a Divas Battle Royal uh, here, similar rules to a Rumble. Did. Um, from. September of 2010, it was a number one contenders match. Lay Cool were champions. Remember that vividly? Well, like Lay Cool. Like, he's a big Lay Cool. Yeah, guy. I like Lay Cool. I was into it. Pulled the belt in half. Yeah, that they did. <laughs> um, the uh, number one contenders match featured Alicia, Alicia Fuchs, uh, Tamina, Natalia, Maurice, who was on Ted DiBiase's arm and on this did, show. Did um, Norm Dar and Alicia Fox make it and get married? No! Oh, NXT preview coming later. Uh, Maurice is on Ted DiBiase's arm around this time, by the way, because also on this show, I was just reading the, the raw notes, it was when they someone slipped a note under the door that said, I need you or I want you or something. Um, and I said to, to Hamflet, do you remember this? What, what was going on here then? He couldn't remember it. Oh. <laughs> It wasn't someone lusting after Maurice. It was Goldust going after the million-dollar title. Christ. Plot twist. He was, uh, a, he was like a coach on NXT around this time as well, Goldust, wasn't he? Getting, like, wacky subplot wedded angles. Dr. Fed, <laughs> if the viewers experienced whiplash during that plot twist, what would you prescribe? Uh, well... That was likely taking place on Monday Night Raw, so I would suggest that with that whiplash night, they just check out SmackDown, the wrestling-heavy brand. Uh, yeah, Maurice Bella remember, Twins. Remember that? Remember SmackDown was a recap show, but because Paul Heyman booked it for six months, they were like, it's kind of uh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. proper stuff on uh, SmackDown, guys. It's uh, fist adjacent critique. It's <laughs> just like, no. Like, name name one thing that happened on SmackDown other than the Shield's first pinfall loss over like a six year period. <laughs> like, it was should, a raw uh, recap. Yeah, should I bring back the SmackDown first? Is <laughs> it book the show? It's my most hated thing in the world. <laughs> Uh, Maurice Bella Twins, Eve Torres, Gail Kim, Gillian Hall, and Melina. Gillian Hall's last match. Oh. I've heard this uh, for the time each time she came back to the Rumble. Mm. Uh, is also in there, and it's also it's a diva battle royal. So you don't have to go over the top rope with both feet hitting the floor. You just have to go through the ropes or under them in some cases. Jesus. Um, and Jerry the King Lord. So nice Twenty friggin twenty fifteen when Stephanie invented women's wrestling, and twenty eighteen when they invented feminism. Just the sheer guts <laughs> on that McGarten say, like, look, we're sick of everybody being nasty <laughs> to the women. We're gonna fix it. You f- started it, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Abysmal form. Shame on you. <laughs> um, and Jerry the King Lord says, oh, I hope they hit the floor right in front Give of us. Give Divas a chance. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> It's good that you finally accept that. What's that Vince? Vince, we're listening. We're decent about that. <laughs> so, um, for 30 years, all the women are in the ring, uh, but Lay Cool come out, and Jerry Lawler's like, oh, they're going to be in the Battle Royal. It's literally determined who's going to be fighting for their title. I don't think so, Jerry. Um, and Cole says, Lay Cool's here, 
Action's underway. Michelle McCall, first thing she says, well, not great action, though, is it? Just slags off everyone in the ring. <laughs> um, and they just, they, ba- they barely call any of the action. Um, and I'm not just talking about lay cool here. Uh, although they do say, oh, I guess Maurice didn't get the memo. In America, we grow our hair on our head, not our back. Right. Did she have one? No. <laughs> Uh, Melina gets eliminated whilst they're pretending to be bored to sleep by Hayley Torres. Um, they ask if Tamina is dressed for Halloween because they've seen her face. Um, no one talks <laughs> about the wrestling for a good 30 seconds. Don't deliver it like that. No one talks about the wrestling for about 30 seconds um, because Lake Hall are busy singing, you can't touch us. Stop. Lake Hall time. I, brutal. This, you sent out there. Brutal, brutal. You sent out there with either That's joke. what that is. Aye. Gags you've either come up with or gags you've been given to say to just bury the entire division that are fighting to fight for your mm-hmm. title. It's on its ass, man. Like As bad as the WrestleMania Battle Royal, which Santino won, where like eliminations are happening that they just miss. And it's not like one of them, oh, I think <laughs> it was, we need to put it on the second screen. No, like they're just, just out. Like, <laughs> they don't even realise after, they're like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Stacey Keebler's here or whatever. Uh, they give people the wrong names. It's just like uh, Jerry Lawler famously never did prep for Raw around this time, if ever. But Jim Ross was carrying him for years and Michael Cole just wasn't anywhere near as good at the job, so mm. it became obvious. Uh, I feel like I say this every time we talk about these sorts of things. Gail Kim takes an insane bump, but no one pays any attention. Tamina basically throws her over her head. Gail Kim lands stomach first on the top rope and balances on it like it's just stuck there. And then uh, Tamina just pushes her out. No one says anything. They're just like, oh, there goes Gail Kim. See you later, guys. I hope she got awesome money in that run. She left TNA, went back to it. I hope she got like good money for mm. it because there was no other reason to take that job. It was just, I was really excited for that yeah. run as well. Um, even Jerry the King Lawler at one point says, girls, you want to call the action for a bit? Because they're just they're going, oh, look, can you see? She's ugly or whatever. That's Rich's stinking old creep. I know. Um, Tamina... <laughs> There's, I think Tamina's meant to do uh, uh, a move. Cat. Yeah, I'm condescending. <laughs> meant to do a, a, like an escape, but um, both of her feet just hit the floor. There you go. Yeah, she's out. Um, they're talking about dating Ted DiBiase anyway. Whilst all this is happening, uh, the Bellas hit double trouble uh, by wiggling their asses in Gillian's face, um, and then they get eliminated by um, missing a double baseball slide. Do you know you have to go through the ropes? You can just go under them. In hell. <laughs> like the, there might have been a touch of the Malenkos there of like forgetting the rules because they're so patronizing. Um, imagine, like, imagine the agent delivering that, come up with a great elimination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look like a complete. <laughs> joy. <laughs> Miss moves at the same time. <laughs> Stereo losers. Yeah. And the uh, Lake Hall says that reminds us of when Nikki and Brie were born for some reason on commentary. Maurice gets eliminated. Slid out of them. And they say, bye, Frenchie. Um, Eve's meant to get kicked through the ropes, but she sort of just lands in the ropes and then just goes, throws herself out, basically. Um, Natty, oh, it gets double teamed by Alicia and Gillian. Uh, they're the final three, by the way. Alicia, Alicia Fawkes, Gillian, Natalia. It's <sighs> mercifully, it's over soon. <laughs> Alicia reverses a, an Irish whip from Gillian to eliminate her. Um Laycool say they like Gillian singing more than King's commentary, and he fires back by saying, maybe you need the air in your head changed. Whilst all this is going on, Nat- <laughs> whilst all this is going on, Natalia eliminates Alicia, Natalia wins. Jerry Lawler <laughs> did so well with a 
1940s joke book. Yeah. And a great working punch. That used to be longevity in wrestling. <laughs> when Bob Bunkhouse had his joke books nicked and you heard the story before you actually saw what he was talking about. And you're like, oh, like, you're just, like a thousand and one funny poo. Yeah. And then he saw it and it was just like these like massive catalogs of things you would think about them write down like thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. Like Lola just had that original mm. 1001 poo joke yeah, yeah. that somebody else had like wrote years ago. Oh. It was shameless, man. Mm. Oh, yeah. Let's see what the comments have got to say about all this. Uh, once again, <laughs> these don't reflect the views. Myself, Havlet, Cedric, My Nicholas, what a culture. <laughs> or James Allen, thank you for your review, James. Uh, oh, what am I in for here? He's popping already, Jesus Christ. Uh, Nico. Well, seems to really sophisticated jokes, Wilborn. Nico says, uh, I miss the old times. It shows that all superstars and divas are equally skilled. Now there are tons of weak links. <laughs> like Bailey. <laughs> Bailey rules. Bailey's awesome. Yeah. I miss. I miss the old days. This is it. Yeah, take me back. What? Idiot. Idiot. Ariana's a bit confused by a battle royal as well, and I suppose we should do this clarification ahead of the rumble. What if there were two divas left in the ring, and they both, <laughs> and they both got eliminated at the same time? Who would win? The air. Looks <laughs> 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 like the air's going to WrestleMania. Like, you can't see anything, but I think the air's pointing to the sign. So. <laughs> That's what should have happened in 2005. Well, it's <laughs> like so Triple H first in the air. Triple H would have loved that. Like, oh, I don't have to fight anyone. I just go out there and pose with the belt for 10 minutes. Yeah, you've got to fight the air. It should be well, it's Triple H, 30 minutes. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got to fight the air. It's going to be relatively uh, straightforward. It's air. Cool. 25 minutes it is. <laughs> um, then it takes a turn, the comments, uh, Sige. Armadillo writes, rocking a semi-chub after that. <laughs> <laughs> semi-chub. I couldn't believe the next comment when I found it, especially considering <laughs> rocking it. <laughs> rocking that gag. Probably wondering where this came from. Well, let me tell you. So, after what James left in his suggestion. I could not believe when I read Jimmy's comment that said, them boobs are what the doctor ordered. <laughs> Is it Dr. Fed? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> what the doctor ordered? <laughs> <laughs> Sat at home, all sick from work. I don't know when I'm going to recover from this. 2010 D's about to run. <laughs> it's going to test great. Doctor. It's <laughs> Doctor's no. Boobs. It's just a line. <laughs> Right, final few comments. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not feeling very well. I'm really... <laughs> well, strap I'm, not, in. I'm not feeling very well. Josh. Uh, tits. <laughs> Great. <laughs> feeling much better. Thanks. I've been uh, quite nervous lately. I've got a lot of anxiety around these copies of Playboy. It ain't paranoia. <laughs> it's the boobs. <laughs> Look at them. Uh, Josh... Big fan of Melina. This is the last one. Oh, three to go. Uh, Josh says, Melina, just in case she's checking the comments, you know. <laughs> pick any country or island and single-handedly I will make it yours. What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm left by Richard Branson. <laughs> You're going to stay Let me lift you. Um, Penultimate comment. Mm -hmm. I need your help with this one, actually, Sige. Just a bit of, I'm a bit confused. It's got... <laughs> Clayton Chapman writes oh, 
beautiful, sexy, and so very yummy. Remember, TGIF. What does TGIF mean? Good. Thank God it's Friday. That's, see, that's, that's what I thought, but uh, Clayton's clarified. Tongue goes in first. How many times has he done that? <laughs> Is that what TGI <laughs> Friday stands for? It's kind of my catchphrase, TGI. So you didn't invent that. Somebody said that. No, it's <laughs> not what you think. <laughs> the reveal. I, when has he ever said that in real life and it's gone well? TGIF, am I right? Oh, it's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob gives our final comment. He loves Maurice. So do you. Yeah. Not as much as Bob. Love Maurice. Bob Rice. <laughs> Once again, to James. <clears throat> Bob Rice. Love Maurice. Just sucks we'll never get to see your arsehole. All of these comments feel like they're being left with a sort of a, all right, guys, who's with me? (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for the replies to agree. Finally, someone said it. Uh, Back to Monday Night Raw. (laughs) (laughs) Never, ever seen you pop as much as that. (laughs) Just sucks. It's just shame. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It's just not on, is it? It's a tragedy. (laughs) Total tragedy. So yeah, Shayna has always beaten Candice and Indy. They faced off the champs were there, by the way. Caden Carter and Katana Chance had stopped partying for two minutes to to hang around on Raw. Bloody love to have fun these two. Uh, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, and Dakota Kai attack them from behind because they've got the title match on Friday, of course. Yep. Sort of speed running this, aren't they? Sure are. Like, doesn't make any better, but yeah. They've had this title run. They're such fighting champions. Well, they've defended the belts. It doesn't make them fighting champions. No. <laughs> have they defended the belts before? Yeah, they definitely have. <laughs> uh, got it written down here somewhere. Um, McIntyre gets interviewed now. It's about Punk and Cody. Doesn't care what they had to say. Uh, but he focuses on Priest. He says, that I beat Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Randy, or AJ Styles when I was champion. Um, you know, I, I'm the most proud I was, I was ever in my career. Main event time? Uh, I was the one constant in people's lives. I'm tired of everyone saying they've got destiny or a story. Everyone's saying the same thing, but there can only want, be one chosen one. Yeah, not his strongest of recent times, but perfectly fine within the context of what we've seen in the Rumble. Uh, t- Natalia and Tegan Knox, row with Bailey and damage control and all that lot. And Adam Pierce, as you alluded to earlier, is like, bloody hell. Quiet, everyone. Save it for the Rumble. Um, and uh, they get into it, and he sort of slags off Nick Aldis. Uh, and uh, they say, we're going to win the tag titles, so you'll be seeing more of us soon. And then Pierce gets approached by Jinder Mahal in Indus share, and he says, let's go and have a chat, I need a drink, basically. He's honestly sort of like, bloody women. It's all the time with this Postman Pierce character. Like, his day is fine, but it used to be the interruption of Chelsea Green. Now it's like this tag division 
It is. It's, he's he's bloody women. The character. <laughs> bloody women. Main event time: Drew McIntyre oh, versus Damian Priest. Starving. Um, like a bloody pro wrestler, me. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I'm hungry. We are eating. No, you're not. You're watching wrestling. <laughs> talking weird. There was two on collision. Look forward to that when you catch up with it. Uh, Copeland said a line and then immediately said, I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he thinks he's young people. <laughs> Priest tried jumping off the steel steps early on. McIntyre caught him in the suplex. Tried another one outside the ring as well. But Priest shoved him into a ring post and hit a falcon arrow onto the announce desk. It takes to a break. McIntyre makes a comeback, clotheslines, overhead suplex, and a neck breaker, but Priest avoids a uh, Claymore. Um, but McIntyre still manages to hit him with a spine buster for a two count. Priest comes back, flatliner, two count. They trade counters. Priest hit a falcon arrow for a two. Um, McIntyre went outside selling his ribs, and Priest hit him with a big flip dive. Truth shows up. Uh, he wants to give Priest his cut the money. Not now. Uh, and that allows McIntyre to hit the future shock DDT. Truth's like... Outside with the money in the bank briefcase, yelling about what the password is. McIntyre sets up for the Claymore. Truth sticks his head in the ring. Sorry, what's the password? Hits him. So Truth's getting spilling out of the ring. The referee's checking on that. In amongst all this, Priest has hit McIntyre with the South of Heaven chokeslam. Gets him covered. Obviously, the referee's busy with Truth. So he's like, bloody hell, Truth, get out of the ring. Chucks him out. And then, obviously, McIntyre's recovered. Claymore kick, one, two, three. That's a good L. This is pathetic and like a reverse of the typical raw formula where they act sort of actively encourage you sometimes. So interesting. Actively <laughs> encourage you just like <laughs> settle in. <laughs> like a lot of these raw main events, they just like let you settle in. Some good bits, get the advert, then it's like hot at the end. I quite like the start of this. I thought they had good physical mm. chemistry, like Damien Priest can do his aerial big man stuff on a guy that's as big as him, if not a little bit bigger, and it just looks like like meat match adjacent, mm. which is like a popular genre at the moment. And then about the halfway Clunky. about the halfway point, it went a bit quiet. It never picked up. Uh, the finish was, the, uh, as I've already said, the wrong use of our truth on this show. And the wrong, like I'm not advocating for bringing back that. Everybody down at the ring, what's going to happen this Saturday? Because this is what it looks mm. like. But what a damp squib of an ending to the, what's been consistently the best WWE show leading into this very, very hot PLE. Mm. It's just like Drew stood in the ring, see you Saturday. I th I, like the whole thing was really underwhelming and not like a great night for the Damien Priest's next top guy. This is mm. a story yes. that you're trying to tell. It's a terrifying night if you're him. Yeah. This is shh, that's crap. Really crap, like pretty clunky main event if you get away from like the weird melodramatic leanings of the terrible comedy with our truth that belongs nowhere near the main event, nor in a sort of you pointed out correctly, they're probably trying to do the Sami Zayn stuff with our truth and seeing if that kind of takes mm. and my god, it has not taken at all. Like these fans kind of in unison collectively agreed nowhere near the main Just event. Just lower the stakes. Lower like, the Tom stakes. and Nick has gotten over a little bit. There's nothing wrong in like a tag feud. If like Finn and Damien are divided, but lower the stakes. Just like it was one of those as well. Like the whole the reason why Sami Zayn worked it wasn't merely in an exercise in contrast where he was a bit light and Roman was serious, and then you thought, was oh, he chipping away at his resolve, or is it just going to end in a really cruel way? But the idea is that you can actually like Sami Zayn. He's a performer with some depth and a character with some depth. 
particularly what had happened with him and Kevin Owens. And then they brought that into the mix. It was just a really great chapter in the overrated uh, Bloodline saga. Disagree. All truth, there's no emotional weight to anything he's ever yeah. done. So if you yeah. kind of dare put him in that main event context, it's not great. The match itself was clunky and not good. If I'm Damien Priest, I'm a little bit worried about where I'm going. It's. I just think it's like nobody, and I include people within WWE, quite know exactly what they've got with Damien Priest. He does seem to divide the audience in the same way. Some people just look at him and think, you ain't it. I I, um, I lean positive towards Damien Priest, but there are nights Is like this where it does make me question. Mm. Like, if I'd it's, real worry that it's our truth going to cost him his cash in off the back of this, and it would only look bad on Priest. It would yeah. he'd look a clown. Yeah, I did enjoy one thing about this main event, and it's uh, on a Schadenfreude basis. Are <laughs> you kidding? Well, like the idea of that this gets a little bit worse. I don't really wish any specific harm. <laughs> To any character or performer in WWE. Well, I can think of one who's doing dark matches on SmackDown. But uh, the idea of this goes further awry and just <clears throat> it becomes like, oh, just get rid of this R-Truth Judgment Day. Like the charm is fading fast. The idea that someone could do like a mock-up of a leave the memory alone <laughs> and do a highlight of it just playing out of silence. And then like just cut to Michael Hamflick going, I want to leave the memories alone. I booked this for WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh, well, let us know your thoughts <laughs> on Monday Night Raw, uh, either in the comments or on Twitter at what culture oh, X at what culture WWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. And follow us all, as I said, at WhatCultureWWE, WhatCulture.com forward slash tickets for our live show in Philadelphia. And make sure you subscribe Ball to button like this. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, no banter in the past, but there's definitely banter in the future. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At our live show. Um, and banter coming later on today when we preview NXT. But yes. for now, it's been the Raw Review. My thanks to Hamlet to Subject. Thanks, you, James, for our five star review. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.